watch movie-based video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British, Luigi's Latino, and Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. Yep, recording. Yeah, right on. All right, well, I don't know what to say about this one, man, but uh, you're listening to, uh, what is this, Video Games the Movie, the podcast where we talk about video games based on or related, or rather movies based on or related to video games, or sometimes we do like shows or other things like that as well. I'm Blaine J, and with me is Cujo. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey, man, so, uh, I don't know, I guess we can just get right into it, I'm gonna be honest, though, like, I watched this, uh, literally, right after I got off the phone with you last time, I was like, fuck it, I'll just see if it's on Tubi, and it was, and I wasn't doing anything else, so I was just like, okay, I'll watch this, and, uh, it's been, what, two, three weeks at this point? Yeah. And I've, I've forgotten a lot about the film, I will say I was... that as soon as, go ahead. You can't really forget much because nothing really happens in this movie. That's the whole thing. Like, as soon as it was over, I was like, what are we going to talk about? There's a few moments where I was like, okay. Um, I mean, like, I guess. I was texting you, like, in the beginning because that's when, like, a lot of things happen. And then uh, then a lot of nothing happens. So, uh, Just a lot of generic nothing. Like, people you don't care about dying. and. So I guess we can kind of start off with... Uh, Maybe we start off with what's the game Alone in the Dark. I, I don't think I ever played it. Did you? Yeah, I did. Uh, about a million years ago. Uh, Alone in the Dark was a, a PC title, or it was a mostly PC title. I believe the first one was also released on the 3DO, which is a system even I don't own. It's uh, super obscure at the time. It was released around uh, like when the Sega CD came out the neo geo and it was like 700 bucks if i remember right right now the you know Damn. that was that'd be like 1500 dollars now something like that right Shit, that's expensive it was ridiculous but it was marketed as this um god what was it trip hawkins i think he was like this uh famous programmer slash inventor at the time and he wanted to bring um like this home experience this uh like computer experience to the home console um, where it would be an all-around entertainment center. He envisioned it being like a karaoke machine slash video game console slash like porn machine. And so it's like one of the only major consoles ever to have just like straight up porn on it. No shit. Um, <laughs> Before internet where you can just get it anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, well, this was in the infancy of the internet, right? So... Uh, whereas, like, I, I had a computer, you know, growing up. Uh, I was in the minority. There was very few of my friends that had, uh, the, like, computers in their homes, and even less so people that had the Internet. We got the Internet in, like, 93, I think, 92, 93, which was way earlier than everyone else. And even, you know, then, like, back then, uh, Internet porn, while existing, was way different. You would have to, like, 
wait several minutes for a single JPEG image to load, stuff like that. I mean, you couldn't watch video. Um, there were websites you could go to to, you know, quote-unquote watch porn, but it would take forever and it was almost not worth your time. And, and he envisioned this gaming system that could do all these things, and it was the only one... I guess, strong enough at the time to play um, Alone in the Dark, which was basically the first, I don't want to say it's the first survival horror game because that's like a big can of worms. A lot of people will say Sweet Home, and then there's people that'll go back far as far back as like saying Atari Haunted House is like the first survival horror game or whatever. Um, I guess it just really depends on what you consider to be that, right? Yeah. So um, this was definitely the first one that had like 3D rendered characters with uh, preset backgrounds. Although if you look up imagery of the original Lone Dark, it's like really laughable for today's standards because it was so polygonal and just not great, right? Yes, yeah, this is a, but, uh, the first one was 1992. Yeah, that makes sense. 3DO would have been about 93, 94 or something like that. And it's not a great game. Um, I mean, it was for the era. Like, I, I would suggest that anyone that is into, like, the survival horror genre to check it out, I guess, to just um, kind of remember, you know, or to learn where uh, these things kind of came from. It does have uh, at least one sequel that I know of. I think it's got a couple. But it's got one on the Dreamcast that is actually really good that I haven't played enough of. It's one of those, like, on my back burner, like, oh, this looks cool, I need to get into it, but I've got a million other things I want to play kind of thing. Uh, but it's really good. It, it's much more Resident Evil style. Graphically, it's a lot better. It's on the Dreamcast. I want to say it might be on the Saturn, too. I'm not sure of that, but a really, really cool-looking game. There's seven. It's called... There's seven. Seven? Yeah. Good God. Alone there must the be a lot on PC, I guess. Alone in the Dark. Well, I think the first four. So Alone in the Dark, Jack in the Dark, Alone in the Dark 2, Alone in the Dark 3 were like 92, 93, 94. Yeah. So then it doesn't have a new another game to 2001, which is Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. and then Yeah, Alone... that that's Dreamcast one. And then Alone in the Dark 2008, and then Alone in the Dark Illumination 2015. And, yeah, there was one on the PS2, which was like a uh, a remake that I I didn't care for. It, it got some accolades. There, there are people that defend it, but it it didn't feel like part of the series. It was like less puzzly and stuff, which is like part of the appeal of the first games, if I remember correctly, was that they had you know like these kind of logic puzzles, a la Professor Layton or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it, it definitely influenced like Resident Evil a whole hell of a lot. Like when you see this game, you'll be like, oh, okay. I, you kind of start to understand where Resident Evil got a lot of its ideas from. Um, which of course, Resident Evil was the first one to really popularize this genre on consoles. Um, so a good series, uh, like you said, I think there is a newer one that came out just a few years ago for PC2 that I haven't played that one and can't attest to whether or not it's good. It's kind of one of those series that like has like a, a relatively small but super dedicated uh, fan base. And uh, as far as I can tell and remember, the movie that we watched based on like these films was is very loose, like terms of it's it shares a name 
And that's about it that I can tell. Because, I mean, there might be some other similarities, but I remember the first game, like, taking place at the turn of the century, I think. Like, 1920s, something like that, 1800s, like, way back when. You know, I remember, like, old-timey cars and, you know, men dressed in suits and, like, old mansion-type setting and, you you know, all that sort of thing. Well, you should be familiar with it because this game is based on... Well, the original game was based on... H.P. Lovecraft writing. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. So I guess that's kind of where they're drawing it from, but... Um, this couldn't be any further removed from H.P. Lovecraft, other than it's technically in the horror genre. Uh, this is so un-Lovecraftian as to be laughable. It's it's not at all uh, suspenseful or thrilling. or I mean, there's just none of that um, feeling of nervousness ever. I mean, it's Christian Slater being Christian Slater, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then uh, it's just like monsters, and then fight monsters and kill. It's, it's not. There's nothing happening in this movie. Yeah, not not a whole hell of a lot. Like Christian Slater's character is part of what? Like I can't even remember. Twenty something kids. It's twenty three or something. Twenty. Twenty exactly, and for some reason Slater like. They're all, they're all in this orphanage, and Slater goes and hides at one point in, like, a transformer. Like, one of those big things that they got the fences around. Um, what do you call those? Like, electrical yeah. substations or whatever? Yeah, right. It's a transformer. And he gets, yeah. he gets electrocuted. Yeah, and it you don't know right away, but, like, all these kids got an implant, effectively, of, like, these monsters from either like another world or they're from underground or I, I guess underground. I, I don't know. Um, but they, they get these implants to try and test like splicing of some kind of alien or other creature into humans to give them otherworldly abilities, I guess. If, right. <laughs> I, they don't really explain what, what they're trying to I, test or what the, <laughs> There's like a, it doesn't really make any sense because, like, the researcher guy is in on it. He's like injecting himself with it, and then he controls the other monsters. But he, but, the but how? Out, but he's been trying to unlock <laughs> the door for the monsters to get them all out. But he still has some. But then he's controlling. Like it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Like how the other thing that's really like laughable about this whole movie is like that there would be a dedicated. Uh, I guess in this universe, I guess you would say um, there is enough paranormal activity for a whole branch of the government to, to basically right. have. <laughs> it's like headed by Stephen Dorff, who I love. I love Stephen Dorff ever since. Yeah, all the uh, like actors, I was a kid, like Christian Slater, Dorff, even Tara Reid. Like, I mean, she's just plain like no personality. Like, ex- yeah, like girlfriend. Uh, researcher girl, but she really doesn't have that many lines to really make, make them different. No. She's there for eye candy, you know, once upon a time, believe it or not, those uh, of you that know of Tara Reed now, she used to be very pretty. <laughs> and this is, uh, she's still pretty at this point. This is like Van Wilder, Tara Reed era, you know, early 2000s. That, well, so she still looks pretty good. What's that? Body Count? Yeah, that no, was a no, she came out movie with... with... <laughs> I was saying this movie came out in 2005, I think, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I thought I thought you was oh body. It was body shots. I, I thought you were saying she was. Yeah, I think her debut, or at least the first time she got naked in film, was on in a movie called Body Shots with Sean Patrick Flannery, who you might know from the Boondock Saints or Young Indiana Jones. Um, but yeah, she uh, she was popular at Once Upon a Time, and then just completely destroyed her body and career. And uh, according to James, a few years ago, she was at uh, like a Comic-Con at a table and uh, had like handlers that were literally coming up to people and saying, hey, don't you want to get an autograph from Tara Reid? They're free. And like no one was going to her table. Really? So to there you table. go. <laughs> I mean, she was in Sharknado more recently, right? She was a part of all the, those garbage films, I think. Yeah, she was in but, uh, one of my favorite ones besides like, you know... Uh... The American Pie movies was uh she was in Josie and the Pussycats. That was a pretty pretty decent one. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh that was voiced by uh Kay Hanley, um who's uh from one of my absolute favorite bands of all time, uh, Letters to Cleo in the nineteen nineties. Um she you know, after a couple of failed albums after their uh, big hits quotations in the nineties, early nineties uh, she started writing music for Hollywood films and the likes of like Miley Cyrus, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the films that she sung in and also voiced uh, all the songs was um, Josie and the Pussycat. Which I haven't seen, but I've heard the soundtrack too because I'm such a big Kay Hanley fan. Um, you might know her from Parks and Rec because there's one of the people that does Parks and Rec is also just a huge Kay Hanley fan and brought in her in a couple of the episodes as herself and uh, on occasion one of the characters will be wearing letters to Cleo uh, t-shirts and stuff like that and kind of you know me as a fan I noticed but probably no one else did Uh, they also did the soundtrack uh, 10 things I hate about you if you remember the remake to um, I want you to want me the cheap trick song that is done by letters to Cleo anyway um, yeah just a little (laughs) just a little tirade yeah that's that's a nice little tangent but uh yeah as as for Tara Reed uh yeah <laughs> I mean she's most famous for like her boob falling out at uh P. Diddy's party fifteen years ago and being completely oblivious oblivious for like uh a full thirty seconds. You can watch video of this online. The paparazzi start going crazy. She just thinks it's because she's like super popular but it's because she has like this Franken tit that's hanging out because she had just recently had surgery and her nipples like all wrong. <laughs> it looks all weird. Poor girl. But anyway, um, she's not great. It's got Steven Dorff who plays like the head of some organization for the paranormal, like you said, which is yeah. completely fucking ridiculous. It's Bureau 713 and they have like a whole fucking like task force, like 30, 50 guys. Of course, they and, have- and- well, of course they all get killed, but it's just like it just makes no sense. Like that many, you can't hide that. You know what I mean? Like there's no, like there's <laughs> there's no. You have to like you know in the real world, you, someone would be like, "Why are we spending all this money on this agency that you know there's that You know what I mean? It's like right. It, there'd be a, there'd be a money trail in the very least because they they're like stacked with uh, the latest equipment and ammunition, guns, whatever. And just a ton of people working for them. They have some like equipment that somehow can uh, detect paranormal activity, and it's 
it, they do the whole like Dragon Ball Z thing where they're like, oh, it's impossible, you know, where they're all freaking out over like this spike that happens whenever, uh, I guess this one dude, the, the professor that's like injecting himself is looking after this ancient artifact that I guess has like one of the creatures in it and like part of the key to open the door, I think. Isn't that right? And it's like encased in this bucket or not bucket, but a coffin of gold. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't understand what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, like like, he started with experiments, but like, I don't, was he controlled by them or is he controlling them? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> they don't really explain like, what's going on and it's like it's, then it's just like an hour worth of like the monsters trying to kill every, like Christian Slater but it doesn't say why they're going after him like at, yeah. it was, at first it's because he had the artifact and then he didn't have it anymore well I guess they did have the rest of the they had part of the artifact so I guess they're going after him for the artifact but then like every time they would get attacked like Steven Dorff's crew would like know that there's paranormal activity and then send his men in, and then they would get killed. What? What I love about a, that it is was like, just a door to open, like uh, the underworld or something. Basically, a world where all these monsters live, but there were already monsters here. So I just were they just left over from the last time the door was open? I I I, I don't know. I'm guessing, guess, right? Then, like, but the like the last time the doors them. open was like during the ancient times where these Indians locked the door. Yeah, but then like with. I don't know. With like like, magic, I guess, because why can't they just drill through the rock door? (laughs) Right. Like, there's that many of those monsters that they could easily force that door open. Yeah. Or or just the human, the the professor himself, because the door is like, it's just like a, a foot thick or two feet thick of stone. Yeah. You know, we make drills that can get through stone. You know, we make dynamite. We make all these things that could could do it you know but he's like gung-ho about getting this fucking key so i'm guessing magic when you can't explain it any other way i guess it has to be magic right that's a magic um, key but then i, I don't understand like it does there's no consistency and nothing's really it makes sense because like they put these uh eat like i guess smaller monsters into the people's mouths and then they get attached to your spine and then you are controlled or you have i don't know you're it's like it's like you're controlled and you have like super strength and speed and stuff as a normal human too i'm guessing because there's some scenes with uh christian slater where he does things that aren't humanly possible <laughs> like early on when that guy is chasing him for the artifact uh slater does things like makes impossible shots with the gun which okay Maybe he got lucky on that, but there's like one scene where he's like flat on his back and he slaps his hands against the ground and he just shoots straight up. Yeah, he flips like up eight, like eight feet in the air. <laughs> You're just like, like, okay, like he could never have done that in his entire life. But okay, okay, um, you know, and I guess he's superhuman or whatever. But because like, and when they go to control all these other kids that are now adults, um and turn them into monsters, uh, they all turn, but Slater doesn't because his monster inside him is, like, dead or dying because of being electrocuted as a kid. So he's not controlled Yeah, somehow. it's just not consistent because, like, when uh, all the monsters get turned on, I guess, like, because the the one uh, 
whatever that coffin opens up, I guess, turns the magic on. I don't know. Right, because the other the monster that's inside there gets out, turns yeah. the magic on. Like gold somehow is able to suppress them. So these ancient people made a coffin of gold, and then the guys that help the professor lift this coffin out of the ocean, when they realize it's gold, they like double cross him to open it without any like safeguards in place and they all get killed and the monster gets away and then the professor like gets whatever the artifact piece is out of there or whatever it is just good I, I don't other than that i really don't know like what was going on with the story it was just like you said it was really convoluted and everywhere there's like this nun that's still at the orphanage that like seemingly cared for all the kids and was like trying to protect them but then at the end of the movie she kills herself for i guess reasons because she felt guilty because she like basically ended the world i guess because like i but if she knew she was doing that shit you know why not stop it back then or well it doesn't it's not a good sign for any movie when the first thing you see is like a a plot dump of like the backstory because they're like, Oh shit. Oh shit. We didn't explain anything in this movie. Now we have to go in the very beginning, explain what's going on. Cause it probably made no sense. Anybody watched it when they first like screened it, you know? Yeah. I think the only time that's ever worked was fucking star Wars, you know? And even least, then, even then it's like, like a vague, like what's going on, like a catch up mo- mostly. Yeah. But, like, in this one, it's, like, literally, like, a minute or two minutes of, like, reading. Or it's not reading. Like, someone's reading you, and you can... Or reading it off out loud, but you can see what's going... Like, what's being said. And it's, like... I Even reading it, I'm, like, confused. Like, what? What is this? And who is that? What? Okay. And now I'm supposed to remember this for the whole movie when you just do it all at the beginning. And you're, like, "Uh, okay, I guess. And then... <laughs> and then it starts with like a, I guess so. So it's like two I, bad I, things in a row. It's like a, a plot dump, and then it's like a, a flashback right in the beginning before you meet any of your characters. So you're like, it's, "Who is this? Oh, this is Christian Slater as a kid, I guess. I think, but it doesn't really tell you that because you haven't seen Christian Slater yet. <laughs> so you got, it's kind of kind of figure it out for yourself. But yeah, and the thing is, like. I like Christian Slater a lot. I yeah. like Stephen Dorff a lot. He's one of my absolute favorite actors. Um, he's done some tremendous work. You know, uh, SFW is one of my favorite films of all time. Blade, wasn't he? Uh, Blades. What's that? He is one of the uh, vampires in Blade, right? Yeah, he was the bad guy in the original va- Blade. Um, I guess that's one of the things he's more known for. He did a, a couple of movies called The Gate back in the 80s as a little kid, which are like... B- Totally, I remember him from when I was a little kid. It's about this kid that finds, like, a door to hell in his backyard oh, kind of thing, and he's got to figure out how to close it. And it it's cheesy, but it's it's also cool. It's like a kid horror movie, you know? But anyway. Uh, but a lot of later stuff he did, too, was really great. Like I said, SFW, that stands for so fucking what. He was in Clash of the Titans, so-and-so. He's, he's a great actor, is, is what I'm getting at. I, I like 90% of what he's done. And in this, it, like especially with his performances, because I'm so familiar with how good an actor he can be, he like is phoning it in so hard. You could tell he hates saying every line of dialogue well, he's what's, saying. <laughs> what's funny, though, it's like, there's there, there's some good acting from him in this movie, but when, like, the worst part of it um, is watching him act with, like, very, very inferior actors, and you can tell, like, 
he's very natural and he feels like, you know, a person. And then like yeah. some of the actors, like the uh, military, like his military guys, they're so wooden and like, this is like their first thing they ever done. It seems like <laughs> probably <laughs> it's like acting like, you know, someone off the street with Meryl Streep or something like that. Like you can tell, like, there's, oh, it's there's bad. Yeah. Such a major difference. Even with Christian Slater, Christian Slater is okay, but Dorf like out, outmans him. Like, I mean, he's a way better at, like, at this point in their career. Like he is way better than Christian Slater. You feel, I feel like, well, in, in this film, like Christian Slater is not taking it nearly as seriously as uh, Stephen Dorff. Oh, you're like, right. It, he probably didn't get. Yeah. He probably phoned it in too. Uh, but like Slater's great. I mean, if you've seen his more recent stuff, like uh, oh, he's great Mr. what Robot. is it, I, uh, Mr. Robot, or um, even earlier stuff where he played uh, you know serious roles and stuff. I'm trying to think of a good one because he was in a lot of campy shit like Heather's, and he was in one of the uh, like Tales from the Crypt, I think. What's the one where they kill and... themselves to like or like but then bring themselves back to life? Uh, Flatliners or line? Uh, was he in Flatliners? I thought he was. I don't know. I know uh, Sutherland and Maybe. Jamie Lee, or not Jamie, was it not Jamie Lee, uh, girl from, uh, why can't I think of her name, the famous redhead, Mystic Pizza, and, uh, Julia uh, Hook, and I can't Julia think Roberts. of her name. Yeah, Julia Roberts was in it, and uh, I think Kevin Bacon. Oh, Interview, um, with, interview with Vampire. Oh yeah, yeah. He was in an interview with a vampire. He was fantastic in that. He played the reporter. He was in uh, the Robin Hood with uh, uh, Kevin Costner. He played Will Scarlet. Um, Gleaming the Cube, which is a probably the first skateboarding movie featuring a very young Tony Hawk. If you haven't seen that one, <laughs> go back and watch that. I guess. But no, he's he really he does great work, you know, and uh, he's almost ageless. Like he's in one of my favorite movies, Very Bad Things great fucking movie it's uh if you haven't seen that it's like dark humor and when you think it can't possibly get worse it just keeps getting worse um for the characters in that film but yeah he, he's a great actor but like you could tell he really didn't give a shit and dorf half the time uh did and he was like really acting his ass off just because he's like naturally just that way and then sometimes like you could tell he was just so annoyed with the dialogue because it was so poorly written and you could tell he wanted to say it a different way or do literally anything different. He was almost just like going through the motions, you know, I felt like anyway. Well, you probably got to the point where you're like, oh, man, this is crap. And there's probably just nothing you can do at that point because you're like, there's yeah. like how many there's like three or four scenes of them just shooting <laughs> fucking these monsters. Uh, yeah, but the, the poor guy at the end of the movie, they make him do this sack move. Where he like has to run back and like, I guess blow up the entrance or something. If I remember right, yeah. And then but then he, he ends up living anyway. But then they don't show anything after that, and then it's like the world ended because all these monsters killed everyone. But then they're saying like they can't like survive in the light or something, right? Alone in the dark. But I, then they chase, then they sure. the very end of the movie, the last scene is like a monster, or it makes it feel like a monster's coming after them and they turn around and credits so i don't i don't know i don't know but yeah the, the whole scene where dorf like runs back and they're like oh the signal you know we're too far away from the bombs we set up someone has to go back and, and dorf's like it's gotta be me go on you know for reasons i guess 
and he like runs back to do it and he runs into the cavern and he's just like shooting his gun at what obviously is a green screen and they told him like hey we're gonna make you look badass they did not it looks completely ridiculous like he runs in there and he's shooting at just millions of these things crawling on the walls and it looks so dumb like why would you even bother to stop and do that oh yeah but, yeah like there's a million of these things it looks like and he's just shooting but he's not shooting anything no nothing i don't know what he he's like just saying hey i'm over here basically uh but he does he does make it out or make it alive i guess or living at the end because it shows him like getting up briefly and you're like oh okay i guess he's fine but i i don't know um and then, like, him and Christian Slater, I guess, were both part of the same organization, and he used to be under Christian Slater, who for some reason left the organization. I don't know that they ever explained that either. And he's become, like, modern-day Indiana Jones, where he's, like, going after artifacts and things of the paranormal or something. I, probably, I don't know. That's all I got. That info dump in the beginning <laughs> that you just don't remember. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was hard to watch. It had little to nothing to do with the games themselves other than it shared a name well, and there are to, monsters. According to this Wikipedia, which uh, it's Wikipedia, so take it for a grain of salt, but it's based on the 2001 game. Um, which one is that? Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. Okay, so that's the one that came out on the Dreamcast and that I've just played a little bit of. Um Okay, sure, if it's based off that, but even that, I don't think so. I think it may be, like, as far as there's monsters and they're, like, I don't know. I'll have to play it and report back, I guess, but I don't I don't think so. I think it, at best it's, like, real loose, it, you know? Um, what was the name of this uh, director? You said you knew him from other things. Oh, uh, his name, and you'll you'll learn his name soon because he's done like five video game movies. U.A. Bull. U.A. Bull, yeah. I, I want to say like I, I've heard of him. Isn't he like from like Sweden or Finland or something like that? And He's just basically the go-to guy when you need to make a movie on the cheap. You just get this guy to do it. Um, I, I guess... Uh... He just does really bad movies. He's <laughs> uh, let's I'm just, let me see what other ones he's done. Hold on, I'll look it up on. But like, let's see, Blood Rain, Blood Rain oh. Two, Postal, Low in the Dark Two. He's done the sequel, Far Cry, Rampage. So yeah. oh, he did Rampage. <laughs> oh wait, some of, wait, sorry, Low in the Dark Two. He was like a producer. So he's been the, he's been the director of uh, yeah House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, Blood Rain, all back to back. Wow, Blood Rain two, uh, Postal, uh, yeah, Far Cry, Rampage. <laughs> what else? Blood Rain, the Third Reich. <laughs> I've seen none of those, largely due to their reputation as they were coming out. You know, I love video game movies. And I try and watch them if I get the opportunity, um, but not when everyone is like, D don't bother, you know, you're going to waste two hours of your life. Of course, now we have this podcast and it's kind of fun to do these because we get to like bag on them. Yeah. And like, I've been a fan of survival horror games and uh, Alone in the Dark, 
forever. And so this was always kind of in the back of my mind as something eventually I'm going to watch. And I love Stephen Dorff, love Christian Slater. And, you know, I used to think Tara Reid was really hot. So, you know, whatever. So uh, I felt like maybe this would be good. But I remember reading a review on it, like, when it came out, like shortly thereafter, and it got half a star or one star or something like that. I was like, oh, maybe well, not. You know, it's the worst uh, movie ever made. But I don't. There's way worse movies than this. It's just just your cookie cutter. Like uh, there's monsters cu- killing people, and this is your hero, and he can say like I don't know. It was. It's very. I think the the main problem with is it's it's bad. It's super bad, but it's like not so bad that it's it starts to be good you know it's just like actual bad and there's nothing really redeeming about it whatsoever to the point where when i stopped watching it within five minutes after i'd forgotten a lot of the exposition and what had gone on because it was just filler garbage that didn't matter at all and two three weeks out it's even worse i only remember the quote-unquote highlights because i forced myself as i was watching it to take mental notes if i just watched this film as like a recreational film to watch uh two three days after you know or a week after i wouldn't remember anything you know within uh a month like i'd barely remember having watched it It'd, it'd be one where i could watch again six months after the fact and it'd be a new movie to me you know well, I think um, the best part of this movie for me is when uh, Christian, like, and it's very, very, very beginning. Christian Slater's on a plane, and there's a kid sitting next to him, and he's like, um, "My mom tells me don't be afraid of the dark because blah blah blah." And Christian Slater's like, "No, be very afraid of the dark," and that basically just scares the shit out of this kid. <laughs> I started laughing yep. my ass off myself. I'm like, and they pull it totally play it serious, like not a joke. <laughs> well, I mean. You're kind of right, you know, if someone's going to uh, rob your house, they're probably going to do it at night, you know, uh, whereas there's there's some truth to be told when it comes to saying, yeah. like, That's what if you're in the dark, you're also hidden kind of thing, but yeah, you should probably be afraid, but he's, he's more talking about there are actual monsters and... Yeah, but it, it's pretty funny that he's just going to scare this random kid instead of reassure him just because, you know, he's led a shit life. Um, but there you go. But yeah, that's, that's really it. I remember the sack move. I remember Tara Reed for no reason, gold coffin, uh, really bad. Just like, there's a lot of deaths in it that, oh, the other, just funny, felt... the other funny part was when Tara Reed punches him in the face. <laughs> you asshole. Sure. You could have, as I guess, like he has been missing for three months and he did not fucking call or write her. <laughs> like that's like a, such a like a I feel like that's like a '90s trope maybe or like the boyfriend doesn't doesn't call for like two months or something. Yeah, what is that? That is kind of like a a thing they they did a lot back then. I've you know I've never done that to someone that I I care about whatsoever. You know, uh, keep in contact. It's pretty easy. Of course, back then I guess landlines. I don't know. Maybe you forgot her number. Um, no, this is two thousand. This is two thousand five. Like, there's cell phones, bro. Like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't remember. Did someone have a cell phone in this film? I can't remember. Yeah, he has like the basic flip phone. Remember, like it. Uh, okay. It goes off, but... No, I don't remember. That's a problem. I literally just watched that movie. So this movie, so everything's fresh for me. Like that's why I kind of like wanted to wait until right before uh, we record because. Sometimes these video game movies are kind of 
basic and you just don't really remember much what happens in them sure like, yeah I just watched yeah, it and I, it's just like i don't really know what i watched besides like a bunch of military guys all dying all of them every single one <laughs> yeah it, it all of them except for dorf i think and they all like even the people in the the van uh that are like safe for a while and then the they they bite it too, uh, but everyone dies so? like almost comically. Um, yeah, uh, you know, like real tropey, just like, all right, I, I'm gonna go up for higher ground. You stay here, yeah. you know that kind of and, bullshit. And dead. Or like, like you check down there. All right, <laughs> and then up. What do you know? And then there's you know there's this big battle scene where a bunch of them are fighting inside of what a, what, a museum or something. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. And then, isn't there a special type of bullets that they have to have to kill oh, the yeah. monsters too? They just like Lumen- they just like been researching these monsters. Like I don't even know how they found. Like they know that this these bullets will kill them. They just all, they all of a sudden have all the weapons and bullets that will, will the bullets work in these weapons. <laughs> it's just like, and they're like luminescent bullets or something. Yeah, because light hurts them. Yeah. And instead of just bringing, like, you know, lasers, which, you know, you can just bring a very strong laser, I would think, if something is sensitive to light, then a laser that would burn our skin would probably melt a hole through them. But, you know, don't do that. You know, let's make bullets full of that shit that's inside of uh, glow sticks. And <laughs> just shoot that out of my guess. I, I don't know, man. This like movie like is pretty... If there's, an, like, as many of those monsters that were, like coming you know killing all these people like more than just that division would be involved they get the actual army involved you know like this is i don't know it it requires you to i don't know it requires you to be basically uh i don't want to use the r word that you know it requires you to not be very intelligent for you to actually like this film because even like the action and stuff in it is is not good it's very like just everything is generic everything you know the only good thing about it are its actors like the three relatively decent actors i'll throw tara reed in there even though i feel like she's kind of a shit actress really well, she doesn't really have to act that much. She doesn't have that many lines. She's just eye candy. She's like, she's part of the set almost. Like, she doesn't really yeah. do anything. There's nothing. There's nothing she knows or does that like helps out. Besides, like, she does kind of help identify the one of the artifacts, but which they don't really even right. do use or anything. It's just like she's circumstance. Like, she's just there. You're expected to believe that she's some kind of a scientist or something, which is laughable at best. <laughs> and, that, um, and that her and Christian Slater are in a relationship, which they never, like, really touch each other. Like, or, besides the yeah. punch in the face, like, in the beginning, she hugs him and then punches him, and then, like, they almost act like they barely know each other through the whole movie. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's It was... Very slapped together feeling to me, you know. Yeah, uh, it feels like they spent the majority of their budget on like really bad CGI and these three actors. And uh, yeah, it was a 20, just... 20 million dollar budget and it made like 15 million or something like that. Yeah, which is not great. You don't want to be in a net loss of five million dollars for a film. Um, yeah, they'd, I think they'd have been better off if they'd have hired all nobodies. 
save you know the extra millions that it costs to get people of any note and uh you know just just go ahead and even like i i would have found it to be a better film if they hadn't done like the bad cgi if they just had like practical effects like people in costumes i think would look cooler and been cheaper because back then cgi was really expensive now it's so much cheaper than practical that uh, no one uses practical anymore but at the time this was like Oh, state of the art, you know, or they're trying to be. I mean, there were things like uh, Lord of the Rings, etc., that were, you know, had a much higher uh, budget that looked way better. But uh, yeah, uh, this is a one. You know, this is my picks are always going to be bad. I think because I don't think you'll ever pick them. Um, well, eventually, so... all that's left is bad ones. So <laughs> I'll try to do like <laughs> I'll try to do as many good ones as I can. But it's uh, there's not many left. So well, I I went. I know you're gonna pick Detective Pikachu for the next one. Yeah. You know, you already, or at least you already said that. And that's fine. I'll uh, I'll rent it or whatever I have to do to watch that. And you know, I'm sure it's good. Uh, but after that, I I remembered watching this a few years ago, and I mentioned it a few shows ago, uh, and I found it on YouTube. I'll have to send you a link. But uh, there's this like 30 minute, 45 minute or so basically commercial but it's like a it's like an episode of 90210 kind of it's like totally in the 90s i can't remember it's some it's like the kids on rose street or something like that we'll we'll get the name to you but it's it's a it doesn't sound like it's commercial basically but it's like a 30 to 45 minute commercial about the sega cd and the sega 32x oh yeah <laughs> but it revolves around these kids that I say kids, they're like 20-somethings, 18, you know, to 20, that are all living living in a, uh, like a warehouse in L.A., I think, and they uh, uh, have this show, a la Wayne's World, that's like, basically, it's like on this uh, small-time cable station, and they need like something to bolster their ratings or they're going to get taken off the air. And so they're trying to find out as much as they can about the new 32 X Sega CD combo. (laughs) And it's, it's just really eighties slash nineties. Cause like it was right in that cusp where people were still wearing like super bright colors and backwards hats that were turned upside down. Think fresh Prince type clothing and stuff. And it, it's just it's it's unwatchable i watched about 20 minutes of it you know and i was like oh this is gonna be great so (laughs) that's what i want to do after this but luckily luckily it's short but there is another one that kind of goes along with it which is like a documentary of how they made three or four of these sega cd games that are like really bad sega cd games so i was thinking we could watch both of those to get you know but after De- Detective Pikachu, but uh, the documentary is pretty cool. I, I found myself actually like wanting to watch the whole thing, and then I was like, "Oh, I better turn this off, or else um, I'm gonna watch it and then not remember it and not want to watch it a few weeks from now." Yeah, I'm, but it's cool. There's a ton of like documentary stuff we can probably get into later. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much good stuff too, and we've done a few. James and I did uh, Man vs Snake years ago. 
and uh, I'm, I've actually talked to and become friends with, uh, at least on Facebook. I mean, we're not like chummy, but uh, uh, Tim McVeigh, who not that Tim McVeigh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, who's the subject of that documentary, and he's a really cool guy. And uh, yeah, we've we've done a few others too. Like, there's some some really good ones I, I could suggest. Like, there's one called the Get Lamp, that is all about the. Um, old text adventure games from the 80s and how like there's still a huge community that plays those and makes them to this day and that community is the blind community Mm. because they play video games and those text-based video games they can totally play without the need of sight because they get their you know computers to read them what's said on the screen and they can play these games and uh, it, it opens up with this blind guy, and he's and he's playing the game, and it says, uh, "You can see nothing in the room. Um, like, feel your way around, and you manage to find a lamp. What do you want to do?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't care about that." And he laughs, you know. It's like, yeah, well. But anyway, uh, that's a good one. There's one called Chasing Ghosts. That's um, basically a documentary about how big a douchebag Billy Mitchell was stealing uh the pac-man record um of course king of kong the classic i mean there's all kinds of just really good documentaries so we can do any number of those but yeah 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 anyway but up next is going to be detective pikachu right yeah might as well let's get that one let's do go ahead and do that one yeah and that would be a good one this one not so great uh i'd recommend like i i almost want to say like even if you are a fan of survival horror or a fan of um, Alone in the Dark, just don't watch this. It's not good. It's not going to add anything, you know what I mean? It, yeah, unless you're like a you huge uh, Christian Slater fan or uh, I guess Tara Reid mean, fan and you want to see like good-looking Tara Reid like, before she like messed herself up. Uh, just watch body shots you can see her pre-boob job actually get to see her boobs they're great before like she franken whatever she did to them um or you know watch something like van wilder which is a great film and she's hot in that and you know it's actually a good movie so just like there's almost yeah there's just no reason to watch this if you have a podcast where you're talking about video game related stuff that's really the only reason or you're doing a Alone in the Dark uh, podcast, and I guess you can mention this and maybe watch it for that. <laughs> sure. You're going through both movies and all seven, apparently, games. Then, yeah, I, I guess you would touch on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still got a second. We got a sequel to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Uh, is, is Christian Slater in that one? Nope. Nope. Yeah, I wouldn't think. I wonder who they managed to get for that one but anyway so that's been video games movie you can uh, find me at retro cal on twitter no one ever does or you can find me at uh, is it worth it podcast on facebook um, that's my other show that I do it's part of the uh, retro RPG uh, podcast um, been going strong for like 12-13 years now I've been a part of it for I think 8 which is ridiculous but uh, we review video games on that show. Uh, me and my co-host James Mulholland, who you may remember, did uh, episodes of this, and probably will in the future at some point as well. Um, and Cujo is part of the RPG Show, and you can find them at the RPG, the RPG Show dot com, and 
I, I believe you can also find us on in Discord if you go to the website. Um, we have links to that, uh, or you can send me a message or Cujo a message, and we'll get you a link. We'd love to have you in there. It's been getting a little slow. A lot of the people that are in there have been there in there forever. Um, we hadn't had a lot of new blood lately. Uh, when we do get it, they'll say a couple of words and then like leave. So, <laughs> what it is, but. Yeah, that's, uh, I can't think of anything else. You got anything else, Kujo? Uh, nope. Uh, uh, that's basically it. And I guess we'll be doing Detective Pikachu as the next one. Um, so I, I guess the next I, one will be a good one? Yeah, the next one will be a good one. I mean, I already watched it. So uh, it was free on like an airplane I was doing. I was like, oh, let's check it out. And then it's not bad. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk about that one next time. Yeah, it seems like if Ryan Reynolds is in it, it's a good video game movie. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. That, so. I guess that new one he just did is a, basically a video game movie, right? He's like, a, yes, it is. Yeah. So what? That's, yeah, it's called uh, what the guy or the the something guy? I can't remember. The free free guy, right? Yeah. So maybe that'll be my one after that. That'll be another good one to watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's plenty of good ones. I mean, there really are. But man, I. I want to subject uh, someone else uh, to this, like, just because Sega CD is my favorite console, um, and it it really is all because of like ten games, maybe twenty games, and then the rest of it's like a lot of just horseshit. Um, but I, yeah, not many people. Unlike the N sixty four, which was like wildly popular despite it being horseshit, the Sega CD wasn't that popular. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's got this just—it's just so weird to me that someone would put such production value and money into making a commercial. That who—who who is this for? Where did where did it air? You know, <laughs> I need to get like the guy that uh, hosted. His name is Vampire Mike. Mike, uh, you can check his channel out on YouTube. It's called Sega CD Universe, and uh, I've been following him for like twenty years. And the guy's like super cool. He owns every Sega CD title, including, like, some that were never, re like, officially released and stuff. And he knows everything there is to know about the system. And, uh, yeah, so check check his channel out. He's a really cool guy. Anyway, uh, I guess that's it. That's it, uh, Kujo. So I guess uh, the next one's a good one. And uh, talk to you next time, bud. All right. Later, man.